okay. They were just saving Najee Harris to have his real NFL debut right here in Pittsburgh. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of the other two teams. I cover the Penguins and Pirates. No, Najee did not exactly explode onto the NFL scene last Sunday in Orchard Park. Steelers did get the win, of course, 23-16. to He did have a couple of key runs, one of them being the very first snap of the second half, a nine-yarder that I thought kind of set a, a calm and more confident tone for the Steelers to end up utilizing all four of their offensive possessions to secure points. Najee also had the big 18-yarder that took the Steelers down to the Buffalo 5 and set up the beautiful touchdown catch by Deontay Johnson. So it's not like Najee was invisible. 16 carries, 45 yards. Also, by the way, never left the field. In context, he was on for all 58 offensive snaps. Now, Matt Canada acknowledged yesterday that that's not necessarily something that was by design. You're going with what works. But it sure was a strong statement about how this coaching staff feels about this player. Oh, and there were a couple other pretty important variables in there, too. The offensive line was young and wobbly and kind of blown away maybe possibly early on by the environment those fans in that stadium were positively nuts and let's also throw in that Najee himself was making his NFL debut Canada was asked yesterday uh, about whether or not nerves set in for the young players and how they handled them I think everybody did you know I think we we all talked last week and We went very positively. It was going to be great. The first half, we were just a little bit off at multiple spots. This block, that block, this deal. And, you know, starts with all of us as coaches first. I mean, we just just weren't quite right. Offensive football is 11 men doing their job. And if one guy doesn't, it's not clean. So I think he did. I think everybody did. He did. Everybody did. Eventually, in the second half, I'll say it again, four possessions, four scoring drives, And Najee did play a role in that. But, oh, my goodness, wait till you see the role he's about to play in front of the infinitely friendlier environment he'll experience at Heinz Field. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how. You'd prefer to do your learning, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Najee's about to get the ball, and it won't be 16 times, and it won't be for 45 yards. He's about to get the ball. See, One of the things that all concerned agreed on after the game against the Bills was that the rushing 
percentage versus the passing percentage was going to be dictated to an extent by what the Bills were giving them. If you'll recall, even in the fourth quarter, after the Steelers got the lead and you thought to yourself, all right, now, now run the ball. The Bills put everybody at the line of scrimmage daring the Steelers to throw the ball, figuring they're going to run. They're absolutely going to run. Look, they got to eat the clock. They got the star running back. They're absolutely going to run. And they didn't. And it's to the credit, I think, of Canada and Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger himself that they had the confidence to do that. And on top of that, obviously, to go and execute it the way they did. They didn't get touchdowns out of it, but they got points, and they did eat up the clock. This situation and this opponent are far different. We all watched the Raiders have that wild victory over the Ravens on Monday night, and it was a ton of fun. All the back and forth, uh, big mistakes, big plays, and of course, Derek Carr throwing the big touchdown in overtime to end it on a single play. It was a blast. Really was. Unless you were the Las Vegas defense giving up 189 yards on the ground to the Ravens, who have virtually no offensive line left. In fact... The discussion through most of that evening was about how Alejandro Villanueva and everyone else on that line was just getting eaten up by Max Crosby and everybody else that the Raiders were throwing at them as the pass rush. But when Baltimore elected to run the ball, Baltimore had a fairly easy time of doing so, averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Some of that, of course, was Lamar himself, but a lot of it also was Latavius Murray, and they don't even have their top two running backs anymore. That's how completely devastated they've become by injury on both sides of the ball. And they were still able to run on this team. Why? Because it's the best antidote for a pass rush. If another team is going to go all hell-bent on sending everybody after your quarterback, run right past them, man. You know, it's like it's passing trains, you know. They're going this way and you're going that way. And they're not even looking at you as the running back. There are not many teams in football in general that have great pass rushes and great run defending. It's part of the beauty of what the Steelers did. I'm going to point more toward 2020 and and to an extent 2019 as well in terms of having T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree become such outstanding defenders of the edge when it comes to running the ball, that they're able to do both, but it is rare, and the Raiders aren't there. The Steelers can, should, and will, I think, exploit that 
and that'll back off all the Max Crosbys that the Raiders want to send at you and your quarterback because you can't go hitting the quarterback after he's handed the ball off. Well, you can, but you can run up a whole lot of flags. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's always brought to you on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City, or you can learn more about them online at lgkg.com or call 888-842-842. 5454. Today's J1Q comes from Eric, who asks, Is there a fear of the Steelers' defense becoming gassed again this year because of being on the field so much? Well, there would be if they stay on the field the way they did in the first half in Orchard Park. That wasn't the case in the second half, and it had better not be the case moving forward. But I can still answer that question independently of the win over the Bills by saying this instead. They're showing more and better depth on the defensive line than I had anticipated entering training camp. I don't ever come on here pretending to be a know-it-all or a seer or anything like that. When I get new information, whether it's my own eyes or something else that's reliable, I will process accordingly. And I did not have much cause to believe that there was significant depth behind Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Tyson Alualu. It turns out that I might well be wrong on that count because Chris Wormley has stepped up He has also stayed healthy, which is a big, big thing with him. And he was the guy, for the most part, taking to its place against the Bills. But there also was a steady rotation, not religious, but steady, in which Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis were coming onto the field as well. As a result, Cam Hayward had his request to Mike Tomlin, fulfilled in that he was reduced with his snap counts. And, well, that kind of paid dividends. And the defense, as a whole, was able to generate all of this insane pressure against Josh Allen while also completely containing the run, not a significant play out of the run the entire day from Buffalo's perspective, without to it and without blitzing. I I mean, I still can't believe there was a total tally of two blitzes on the day. A Keith Butler slash Steelers defense committed to not blitzing and to running only the same four guys on the pass rush 
without the interior guy who was just as good as Cam was throughout the 2020 season. And they didn't just get away with it. They dominated in that area. So, could the defense wear down? Yes, of course. There are all kinds of things that could happen when you're going as far into the future as your question does, which is, you know, all 17 games. But my outlook on attrition usually focuses on the big guys up front, first and foremost, when it comes to defense. And I feel better about what's up there than I have probably in a long time. In a long time. Because it's now not just about the big three and the two edge rushers. Now there's a lot of other guys coming in and, hey, how did I get through all this without once mentioning Melvin Ingram, who can line up anywhere, anywhere, and make an impact? What a defense this could be. I appreciate the question, Eric. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And, uh, hey, actual football in Pittsburgh in front of an actual full house on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to discussing everything that happens in the game with you next Monday right here on Daily Shot of Steelers. Mm-hmm.